All right, well, glad you guys are here today. We kind of introduced this topic last week a little bit. Brooke and I shared about our story about some valleys in our life, times when we were struggling. I talked about middle school was really hard for me, struggle with anxiety, depression. Uh, a little bit of Brooke's story was, you know, not having a father in her life, her mother passing away, amongst other things. So we just wanted to get out to you that you would understand that we're not perfect, right? Nobody's perfect. We all have past. We all have issues. We all have been in the valley, and it's okay. And so we just want to start a conversation. We want to talk about the things that we are struggling with, the things that we have going on in our lives that hurt, right? Because it's not always going to be easy. So we are doing this series called Hope in the Dark, and we're going to do this for the next three weeks. Uh, a lot of this information we got from Life Church, Pastor Greg, Craig Groeschel, as well as other sources. Um, and we've been digging in the Bible and looking at what God says about the valley and what we do when we are hurting, when we are in pain. So we want to come in today, and we don't want to pretend uh, that life is always easy. Okay, we don't want to pretend that life is always easy. That would be a disservice to you. That wouldn't be us loving you, because it's not always going to be easy. You know, it's really easy to trust in God and believe in God when we're on the mountaintop, when everything is great, when our relationship with people around us is good, our relationship with him is good. It's easy to trust in him. But what about when we're in the valley? All right, we want to talk about those times when you don't feel close to God. You don't feel you have a good relationship with the people around you. Maybe you're struggling with some of these things like anxiety or depression or maybe some traumatic event in your life. We want to talk about what about those times? What about those times when we are really struggling? And we've noticed that some of the biggest valleys, okay, we've noticed here with youth students, we've noticed uh, as I talk to other youth pastors around the state, that one of the things that teens are struggling with is anxiety, right, depression, insecurity, they don't have hope, the feeling that uh, they can't keep moving forward, the feeling that they don't have a future, they don't have a tomorrow, right? And for you guys, you know you're living in the day of cell phones and social media, right? You're always connected. We've talked about this before. You see social media and you always have something to compare yourself to. There's always a comparison, right? You're seeing the best of the best, and that's what you compare yourself to. So insecurities, right, feelings of falling short are so uh, just, it's, it's happening a lot with teens these days, right? You're feeling more pressures. You're feeling more stress. There was a study in 2017 done by the American Psychological Association, and it blew my mind, all right? It said that on, on average, teenagers actually have more stress than adults. And I, was, I read that, and I was like, are you kidding me? You kidding me? Junior high and senior high, that's supposed to be like an awesome time in your life, right? You're learning about, you know, becoming an adult. You're learning about the opposite gender, getting interested in that, right? You're uh, learning about making lifelong friendships. You're doing, playing sports, going to school dances. It's supposed to be this awesome time in your life. And then here it is. On average, you guys are more stressed out than your parents are. That blew my mind, right? And some of the things that kids said that stressed them out were this, and you may relate to this. School. Sports, worries about getting into the right college, and this one blew my, my mind, financial stress, right? I never once when I was a teenager worried about finances, no way, but apparently that's a thing, right? Uh, they stress about parents, friends, and romantic relationships. And I think as a society, we have put so much pressure on you guys as teens, we expect so much of you, while also trying to kind of control your lives and be the people that we want you to be, that it's hard, Right? You feel like you can't live up to certain expectations. You feel like there are so many 
pressures on your life. And us as parents, us as teachers, coaches, us as pastors even, sometimes we focus too much on performance rather than on the person. Right? So we look at it and we say, oh, well, you need to get good grades. Or you need to, you know, you need to do well on the field. Right? Or you need to, are you having your quiet time? Right? It's all about performance. And I'm not saying that that causes the anxiety. I don't, I, you know, I, but it definitely adds to it. Right? It definitely adds to stress in your life. I would say that we focus too much on performance sometimes rather than the person. And don't get me wrong, I believe in hard work. Okay, if you, you ask my wife, lazy people bug me, right? I can't stand lazy people. I believe hard work is a godly thing. I believe hard work is a holy thing. And as Christians, we should be the hardest workers out there. But we have seen too many kids like this, like a teenage girl who is so stressed out, so wigged out, she can't even function properly because she got a C on her report card. To me, I'm like, what a joke. You can't even function because a C on your report card. And what I think is how many kids died of starvation? How many kids were sold into slavery in the time it took her to look up her grade on the Internet? And we're worried about a C on our report card, right? Our priorities are so mixed up. I'm not saying don't do well in school. I'm not saying don't do your best, but come on. we got to have our priorities straight. Our priorities are way off. We have created in the United States a culture of stress and a culture of anxiety, and it needs to stop. You guys as teenagers, as middle schoolers, as high schoolers, you should be dreaming about the future, not stressing about the future. This is the time in your life where you get to discover the talents and gifts that God has given you and how he wants you to use them, and instead... We're stressed out, and we're anxious, and we don't feel like we can get through the day. And I've noticed this with adults a lot. Will you ask them how they're doing, and what's the response? Busy. Busy. Got a lot going on, right? Busy. Like it's like a badge of honor. Like it's good to be busy and stressed out. And it used to just be adults. But now we start to ask you guys, and some of the answers we hear are busy, yeah, I got school, I got sports, I got NHS, I got, you know, I'm uh, applying for colleges. And you guys are stressed out. And it breaks our heart. There's so much more for you than stress and anxiety and depression. Now, I'm not saying that you have caused this stress in your life. I'm not saying that your parents or your teachers have caused this stress or anxiety in your life. Sometimes it just comes. But I don't think we're helping it. I don't think we're helping it. Romans 12.2 says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. As Christians, we're supposed to be different, right? As Christians, we're supposed to be different, but we buy into the same crap that the world does. Our, fo our focus is supposed to be God and our relationship with him, but instead we worry about grades, job, what college I'm going to get into, money, relationships. We focus on those things, right? And what we like to do is this. We like to go after those things. We'll, we'll go and we get good grades and, and we're good at football and, and we get into that great college and then what do we do? We slap God's name on it so that we feel better about ourselves. But deep down in our heart, we really haven't put God first. Deep down in our heart, we really haven't put God first. We often do all these things and then just put his name on it. 
We're more worried about getting the good grades than what he has for our lives. So no matter what the cause is, okay, the stress or whatever, it's high. It's a fact. Stress is high. Kids are struggling with mental illness and depression, right? It's just a fact. And in this youth group, we're struggling with it. Last week, we had you guys fill out kind of a survey just talking about the valleys that you've been in in your life or the valleys that you might be in right now. And 90% said, struggle with anxiety, struggle with insecurity, I'm stressed out. So it's a fact. It's something that we are struggling with, so we want to start talking about it more. We don't want to pretend that it's just not there. If you had cancer, if you had a broken leg, if you had diabetes, would you just not tell anyone? You just go on with like pretending that everything is okay? No, of course you'd go get treatment. You'd go get your leg in a cast, right? You would get the medicine if you're diabetic. But for some reason, when it comes to the brain, when it comes to the mind, everybody gets all weirded out, right? Oh, no, we don't talk about that. It's the same thing. It's part of your body. It's part of your overall healthiness and spiritualness. We need to start talking about it. Everyone has junk in their life. Everyone has issues in their life. Everyone has valleys. And so maybe you're in here today and you're like, okay, I can resonate with this. Yeah, I understand that feeling. You're saying, okay, so is there hope? Like, what do we do? And you're in here today and maybe you're saying, where are you, God? Because I'm hurting so much. There's so much pain. Where are you? Why haven't you showed up? You're in that valley. And so today, that's what we're going to talk about. Where are you, God? We're going to talk about the valley. And next week, we're going to talk more specific about mental illness. Okay, We're going to talk about anxiety. We're going to talk about depression. We're going to talk about suicide, self-harm, things like that. But today, we just want to focus, focus on the valley. And if you get one thing out of today, I want you to get this. If you are in that place where you are struggling, you need to know this. There is always a way out. There is always a future. God has more for you, so keep going. Is it going to be easy? No, I can't promise you that. It's not always going to be easy. Last week, we talked about my story a little bit. Seventh grade, new school, triggered anxiety in my life, triggered depression in my life. I felt hopeless. I was struggling. I woke up in the morning and it hurt so bad. It was so much physical pain and emotional pain in my life. I felt hopeless. I was at one of the lowest points that I've ever been. I didn't see a tomorrow. I didn't see a future in my life. My mom in the morning had to do the hardest thing a parent would do and kick me out the door, right, while I'm crying and struggling. And so I think about that seventh grade kid and maybe you deal with issues like that. I think about him at the lowest point in his life. What would I tell him? First thing is I tell him there is a future. There is a way out. Just hold on. Keep going. And I would also say look at this book that God has given you. Because there are so many people in this book who are in a valley, who are struggling, and who are crying out to God, asking him why. And so today we're going to look at this book. We're going to look at the story of Habakkuk. Everybody say Habakkuk. Now look at your neighbor and say Habakkuk. Now look at your second favorite neighbor and say Habakkuk. Uh, all right, so yes, we're going to be in the book of Habakkuk. Who has their Bible with them? Not, oh man, you guys are struggling. All right, there's Bibles under the chairs. Go ahead and grab one. We're going to do a sword drill quick. You guys remember sword drills? Let's do it. All right, Bibles on your heads, please. No, the phone doesn't count, Miss Laura. 
put the phone away, phones away, Bibles. You guys got your own Bibles, nice, praise them. Bibles on your heads. I don't see Bibles on heads on everyone. Come on, let's go. This is for a candy bar, y'all. Oh, it's kind of crushed, but oh well. Okay, so here we go. Bibles on your heads. Habakkuk 1.1. Stand up when you get it. Stand up when you get it. Habakkuk 1, verse 1. All right, who's going to get it here? Who's going to get it? Habakkuk 1-1. Habakkuk 1-1. you got to stand up, bro. You're the tallest kid in the room. Stand up, Braden. What is it? Let's go. Here we go. Habakkuk. It's definitely Habakkuk. Here we go. Yes, 1-1, please. Nice. Good job, Braden. Look at this. Candy bar for the tall guy. There you go. It is Habakkuk, y'all. It is Habakkuk. I've heard many, many sermons. I've heard many, many sermons on Habakkuk, unless we're all pronouncing it wrong, which I'm not even worried about. All right, here we go. So everybody stay there in Habakkuk 1.1. If you are not there, open up your Bible, Habakkuk 1.1. You guys, listen up. New thing. Bring your Bibles, okay? Because all the verses are not going to be on the screen all the time. We want you to be in your Bible. We want you to be able to navigate this. We want you to be able to know where things are. All right, everybody listening? So Habakkuk 1, 1. So who is Habakkuk? Habakkuk was a minor prophet who lived 600 years before Jesus was born. All right, so 2,600 years ago, right, about this guy was living amongst God's people. What do prophets do? Anybody know what a prophet is? Grant. They prophesy. Okay, anything else? Okay, anything else? Anybody? Go. Talk about the coming of Jesus. Right. So a prophet, yes, you're right. One thing they would do is they would take what God has spoken to them for the people and speak it to the people. Now Habakkuk was a little different than normal prophets, okay, because Habakkuk would take the hurt and the pain and the thoughts of the people and of himself and bring it back to God. All right, so this is a book about him coming to God and saying, God, why is this happening? God, why is this happening? He's angry, and he's confused, and he's going to God and crying out and questioning things, right? And there's, there's been violence. There's been corruption against God's people. They're hurting. They're in pain. They're in a what? A valley, right? They're struggling, and they're hurting, and he's saying, God, you should stop this, but you're not. You should stop this, but you're not. What are you doing? And he's saying the same thing that we say today, and it's this. Why doesn't God seem fair? Why doesn't God seem fair? Like, God, this, is, this hurts. This isn't fair. All right, so we're going to be in Habakkuk uh, chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 2. Here we go. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. He doesn't get why God would let this happen to them, right? We're your people, God. He knows that God can stop it, and God isn't. And he's crying out to him, and he's questioning him. And I love Habakkuk. You know why? Because he's honest. He's honest. He says, God, this is where I'm at. This is how the people feel. What the heck, right? Why is this happening? I think too often we like to play the good Christians, right? 
where we show up with a smile on our face and we pretend that everything is okay, right? And we don't have any questions. We just go along with everything no matter what is happening in our lives, right? And I think sometimes we need to be more honest like Habakkuk and reach out to God saying, I don't understand this. You know an awesome thing about God? He makes everything work so cool. So Habakkuk here, he's reaching out to God. He's struggling. He's hurting. And do you know what Habakkuk means? It's going to be on the screen. Habakkuk means embrace and wrestle. How cool is that? Because he's reaching out to God and he's saying, God, I believe that you are sovereign. I believe you are ultimate. I know that you can stop this. He's embracing God, but he's also wrestling. He's saying, but I don't get it. Why aren't you stopping this? Why aren't you doing something? So he's embracing God, and he's wrestling with God. I need you guys to know this. And today, this isn't a happy-go-lucky sermon, right? I'm not going to joke around a lot. This is a hard topic. And you need to know this, that today, it's not going to be a do this, and you will get out of the valley sermon. It's not going to be that. Okay, today is more like a sometimes life really sucks. Sometimes life is really hard and we need to cling to God and we need to wrestle and we need to keep going. That's the kind of sermon that this is. Because life is not always going to be chipper. I can't stand here and tell you that. You know, everything that you dream of, everything that you believe is what you want for your life, it's not always going to happen. It's not. Sometimes you won't get into that college that you want to get into, the one that your whole family's gone to, right, and you don't get in. Your girlfriend you've been dating for three years, you know, she's not, she's going to dump you, right? Maybe someone close to you, someone that you love is going to die. A parent might leave. You won't get the job. You won't make the team. I know that sounds harsh, right, but it is the reality. And during these times, we may feel like Habakkuk. We may feel like Habakkuk. So let's go to verse 4 here. Verse 4 says this. Therefore the law is paralyzed, and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. He's crying out to God, and he's saying this to God. These three things. He's saying this. You don't really seem to care. Okay, this is him talking to God. You aren't doing much when you could, and what you are doing doesn't seem fair. And a lot of times I'll see these kind of things in scripture i'm like is he questioning god like this is the god of the universe who always has been who is and who will always be like is it okay to question that and i have to step back and go yes like have i ever read any of the bible so much of it is people like the part of the psalms we got job ecclesiastes jeremiah and more where people are hurting and people are broken, they're crying out, and they're questioning, saying, God, why is this happening? So he questions God, right? And then when we question God, we want a response often, right? Well, he gets a response from God, and this is it, Habakkuk 1, verse 5. Look at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. God says something amazing is coming. Yeah, you're in the valley, but something amazing is coming. And here's the thing. If I were a cruel person, if I were someone who didn't absolutely love you guys, this is what I would end the sermon with. 
that something amazing is coming. I would, I would say something like this, that God promises something amazing in your life and all your pain and all your valleys, they're going to go away. But that's total crap. That's total crap. Right, So many people, they like to end with verses like this because it sounds really good, right? And they can stand up here and smile. But let me urge you, you need to keep reading. (laughs) You need to keep reading because you get this totally out of context. So let's go to verse 6. Let's see what it says. God says this. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings, not their own. So what's the amazing thing that is coming? God's going to strengthen the Babylonians who are his people's enemy. So people like to sit here and they take this verse and they say, something amazing is coming, right? And the Bible's saying, yeah, you're going to be taken over by your enemy, right? So that's why we need to keep reading. Otherwise, you will take it out of context. God was strengthening their enemies, right? He doesn't promise ease. And so I can't stand up here and I can't promise you that life is going to be easy. I can't promise that you will be out of the valley tomorrow. I can't do that. But what we can do is we can look at the word of God. And like Habakkuk, we can embrace God and we can wrestle with the things that we don't understand. When things don't make sense, when things don't seem fair in life, what do we do as believers in Christ? This is what we do. It will be on the screen. A committed believer can both wrestle with honest questions and embrace a genuine faith in God. Right? That's what Habakkuk means. And that's what he did. He came to God, embracing him, saying, God, you are worthy, you are holy, you are my Lord, but I don't get this. Help me to understand this. Why won't you do this? So to illustrate this, we're going to look at Habakkuk 1, verse 12 and 13. It's going to be on the screen. Uh, You can go ahead and put that up there. So everything in green, oh, Christmas colors, red and green. So everything in green, this is him embracing God. And everything in red is him wrestling. So here we go. He says, Lord, embracing, right? Are you not from everlasting? Wrestling. My God, my Holy One, you will never die. Embracing. You, Lord, right, calling him Lord, he's embracing him. Have appointed them to execute judgment. Wrestling. You, my rock, he calls him my rock. Embracing have ordained them to punish, wrestling. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing, embracing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? Wrestling. Right, so he embraces and trusts in God while not understanding the valley. One thing you need to know today is that God understands your pain. He understands your pain. I know sometimes you feel like your pain is just personal and no one can get it, but God gets it. He does, and God welcomes your questions. This is important right here coming out. Listen to this. God would rather have you question him and yell at him and cry out to him than walk away from him. Did you hear that? He would rather have you go to him and yell at him than walk away from him. So I told you earlier, there were some things that I couldn't promise you, right? That it's not always going to be easy, but there is something that I can promise you, and it's this. I can promise you faithfulness from God. I can promise you faithfulness from God that he will be faithful. I can promise you a future that you can get through the struggles 
of today. The pain that it doesn't seem like you can get through it, you can if you keep moving forward. And this, finally, I can promise you this. This is so important. This is so important for you and for me as believers in Christ. I can promise you identity. That your past, that your present, and even your future does not define you. The cross of Christ defines you. That you have been covered by the blood of a flawless Savior who understands your pain. And he doesn't see you as broken. But instead, when you're down in that valley, when you're down in the muck and in the mire and you don't feel like you can keep going, he is a Savior who reaches his hand down into the pit and grabs you, pulls you up, and puts your feet on solid ground. That is the God that we love. That is the God that we serve. And too many people give up. Too many people walk away in the valley. Let me tell you, God has so much more for you. God has so much more for you. We talked last week. I said that the things I've gone through in my life, the pain that I've had, the experiences, it made me the man that I am today. It made me who I am. I would not be the man of God that I am without my experiences of the past. Right? I said I need my pain. It makes me who I am. Embrace and wrestle and keep going and I promise you God will use the valley in your life God will use the pain to mold you into the person that he wants you to be so keep moving forward there is a future for you embrace and wrestle